This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's White Boy Chris. If the Pat Down's ever made you laugh, then join our Patreon and support us. Get bonus content, a t-shirt, or an autographed copy of Rabbit, Miss Pat's autobiography. Visit misspatcomedy.com for the link to the Patreon, and while you're there, join our Facebook group. Welcome to another episode of the Miss Pat Sh- I'm, I'm sorry. Welcome to another episode of the <laughs> This Miss Pat, Pat Shit. Welcome to, the ep- <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Pat Down Podcast with my brother, Dion... Uh, Curry. Curry. <laughs> Did you say Cole? <laughs> Almost with Dion Curry, white boy Chris, goddamn. And we here talking about all the accomplishment I done been through and what I the hell. I, it's been a year, y'all. It's been a fucking year, and I'm excited. And we're talking about it today. You better get up, get out, and tune into this podcast. It's Pat spit the truth, spit the real fact. Nothing but the ugly, classy at the same time. Pat got the flavor, these are not the same lines. It's the politics, she been on the real grind. It could be pretty, but ugly at the same time. Just tune in, put your lock on the spin down. Ain't no need for the wait and turn her up now. What you talking about? It's real though. And cut the game, you get no play like Nintendo. Waste of time, turn the up, nothing but the ugly. Straight off the top, everything she say, you know it's funny. Full blast, this is taste of the future. Listen on your iPhone or your desktop computer. Share it, tweet it, ain't no way to beat it. Nothing but the ugly, turn it up and gon' repeat it. I gotta get him a shout out to Phoenix, honey, because they showed the fuck out this weekend. We was at Stand Up Live, and when I tell you they came out like welfare checks was giving out, I'm sorry, PPP loan checks was giving out. <laughs> they showed the fuck out. Thank you, Phoenix. And next week, I'm already sold out in D.C. Thank you, D.C. And my next stop is Austin, Texas. Uh, hey, I'm so fucking excited, but I, I got some news I want to share that because everybody know I just moved back from from Indiana to Atlanta. I just got booked, y'all, on a big show in Indianapolis with D.L. Hughley, Lil Duval, and Ricky Smiley, September the 24th at the Marat Theater um, in the Old National Center. Can I get nice. a, Can I get a free ticket? Ain't shit free, but I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> white people, you don't ask for free ticket, Chris. Don't do that. <laughs> don't fuck up the white. Don't fuck up the white generation. Shit. <laughs> I see what I can do. <laughs> have you right, wor- have you worked with? Uh, I know you've worked with Lil Duval before, or at least you know because you guys know each other. But have you worked with Ricky Smiley or DL before? I'm, I've worked with DL. Remember at, at Morty's, but oh, I yeah, never yeah. worked with Ricky. I never worked with Ricky, so I'm excited. I'm excited. The mirror. Are you? Awesome. I usually don't get put on big. I usually don't get put on shows like this. Mainly, mainly because I try to stay alone, you know, and I'm I'm really building in the clubs. But I'm excited. I'm excited for the theater thing. I'm I'm, I'm trying to move into theaters anyway. Yeah, I mean, I work for a show around comedians, and I know guys that are doing theaters, and I'm like, why the fuck is Pat not doing theaters? <laughs> like, if that guy's <laughs> doing theaters, Miss Pat should be doing theaters. Well, well, mainly because I I liked I like the intimates of the club. And it's getting there where I'm I'm beginning to move. And I'm talking to my people all the time about, oh, you got to go to theater. I'm like, I like talking to the fucking people. If I do a theater, I can't talk to the fucking people. They like, look here, bitch. We want <laughs> that commission. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I, 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 I just truly believe that real stuff 
come from real people. And when you can have a real conversation with people, you'd be surprised with that spark in your head. You know, you'd be surprised originality you just from hearing other people problem because they get in that damn line and they tell you all they problem. Like you got time to fucking listen. Am I lying, Dion? No, nah. be oh, like, she's not lying. Like- <laughs> You be like, bitch, I don't got time to hear all this shit. I'm trying to sell my motherfucking book. Can you move along? <laughs> oh, Miss Pat, how you blessed me. How you made my sex life better. How the fuck did I make your sex life better? How did you? But okay. I, I don't know. I guess with them, 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 um, them P- Pissy uh, and Fishy inspired trips to the gyno. <laughs> <laughs> lots more Smelly sex. Draws. Lots, lots of sex happening now that the UTIs have been discovered. <laughs> I guess so, but you know, I don't know if a lot of sex is happening since you know, because they want they don't want women to get abortions no more. And and poor white women who don't want to have babies have slowed on slowed down giving the white man pussy. It's just butt stuff now. Yeah, just which we go the Mormon route. <laughs> just do a little soaking, you know. Yeah, have somebody jump what on is, the bed. What is the mo- mo- Mormon bill furniture? You just want a bitch to paint tables? No, that's, that's Amish. Amish. Oh, <laughs> Mormons are the one that ride their bikes. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. I don't want to Mormons and armies. <laughs> they dress alike. Yeah, they look exactly alike. No, because Mormons is the bicycle ride, motherfucker. Yeah, with yeah. the Bibles in their book bags. Yes, with the black ties. Yeah, would they be dressed to a T and they have on church shoes with them fucking bicycle with you know you know those palos with the with the spikes in it so with the stick in the shoes <laughs> so your feet don't slide off? Yes, the pedaling <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the paddles on the Mormon bicycles. Cause I was watching one day and I was like, he gonna kill his fucking self with them church shoes on, riding a goddamn bike. But then I realized he had a spike thing to stick in the bottom of his shoe. So as he riding the the little tassel on the front of the shoe can wave back and forth in Jesus' name. <laughs> Do they even make those shoes with tassels anymore? <laughs> I seen Jordan with a pair of penny loafer with no penny in the loafer. I got so mad at him. I was like, nigga, what's the purpose of wearing penny loafer if you're not going to put the brown penny in the fucking loafer? The, the penny make you sharper than a motherfucking cent. <laughs> Maybe he didn't have any clean pennies. <laughs> Just an old ass. Yeah. Who has a penny anymore? <laughs> Dirty Lincolns. <laughs> Dirty you, Lincolns. You used to walk around and find a penny on the ground. You can't find that shit no more. No. That's the, it's like hard for homeless guys too. When I walk around downtown, they're like, can I have a dollar? I'm like, this is a cashless society. You're gonna have to get uh, Sprout or whatever that thing is because I well, don't they, have it. They, they got they got cash app now. Every time, Don't you like every the podcast, time. nigga? Hold on. No, we heading to the barbershop. All right, bye, big head. We head to the barbershop. <laughs> they going to cut one of them nicks off of him. <laughs> They're not miracle <laughs> workers. <laughs> what was you saying? Uh, I said, every time I was driving a set, there was a crackhead at the exit picking up change. This is random, different crackheads always picking up change. There's I'm a like, please let this light be green by the time I get to it. There's a house of I think it's like a halfway house thing, kind of half a block down. And every single time I leave my doors unlocked accidentally in my car, he goes through my I know it's him because we've got him on video. He steals all my change. Like <laughs> you nice. I know, I keep you putting might. change in there for I will him. literally put a rat, rat trap in that motherfucker. <laughs> when he stick your hand there for that chain, that nigga come up with all his old finger bit back, like high heel shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have Quisha send me a contraption. I know she's got something. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, I, would, I, I wish he would have. You got him on tape and you still didn't have him arrested. Yeah, I once caught a guy breaking into my car for the change. He's a nice guy. Like, he doesn't take anything. He just takes like whatever pennies are in there. What would yeah, you do when you caught him? The, the guy I caught I was like, man, if you'd have asked, I'd have gave you all that. Now I need you to put it back. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, come on, man. I was like, nah, you turn my dome light on and everything. Like, what are you doing? You're supposed to steal in the dark. You don't steal with the light on. <laughs> you should say, nigga, my, you should say, nigga, my battery cannot handle this dorm light. Man, I need <laughs> Because you're here stealing 35 cents. <laughs> Do you know what kind of car you just broke into? That's why I ain't locked the door. The, the shit ain't even breakable in. Yeah, that's the main reason why I keep my doors on my 
there's nothing in my car worth taking other than a little bit of change. But yeah. I caught him, and he, the, when he saw, he's like, "Is your car? Like, what <laughs> difference does it make? It's not yours. Get out of here." He's asking if you're gonna shoot him. <laughs> like, you just gonna ramble through my shit? I told him I was like, "Man, I'll buy you something to eat if you're hungry." Because we were say? down, this is in Broward. Broward. He's like, "For real?" I was like, "Yeah, just stop stealing, man. People, you might get hurt." We, I took him. We, we went to. Uh, I took him to uh, Brothers and got him some some breadsticks and stuff. I talked to him. You didn't take him to Kilroy's. Like, you got him the cheap ass shitty breadsticks, not the Kilroy's breadsticks. Hey man, he was stealing from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get. That's what a nigga get when they're stealing something. <laughs> you want him to get the good breadstick? The nigga didn't ask for the money. He was in my car. About to take a nap and buy a coffee with my money. So no, he don't get the good coffee and the breadsticks. <laughs> right. I truly under fucking stand. If he I was feel- robbing for me, then yeah, <laughs> he, he get them cheese filled breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I seen on Facebook where one lady opened up the car and then man was sleeping in her car. And she's like, what the fuck you get in my car? He's like, thank you for a good nap. He just Nigga, nigga, if you go in my car, I, you know, it's newer, so it's gonna go off like a motherfucker first of all. So, and I, I mean, I, I hope I don't live no more motherfucker. We just open your door. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just there's different, like living downtown now, there's kind of down on your luck people that are nice and just, you know, trying to get by. And then there's like, I was on a walk the other day, and this lady just you was started, on a walk. I, I was screaming. <laughs> I'm going to fucking shoot you. I know you can hear me. And I could hear her through my headphones. I was like, I need to start running. Wish I knew how, but you know, those are the people that you need to watch out for. The guy's still in 35 cents. Oh, well. He would have got, (laughs) he'd been boogieing in his brooks. I was fucking, I was freaked out. And then there was a closed gate on the White River Parkway. I had to turn around and walk past her again. And I'm like, oh, please don't fucking shoot me for real. What was you doing out there playing like you were exercising? Yes. I'm trying, I'm trying to, to stay alive and look healthy. I'm not going to be healthy, but at least I can try and look it. What are you doing, Pat? She's thinking about how she wants to be mean to me. <laughs> she wishes Nike were here and I'm standing in Nikea about to get called a half brain bitch. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking if you took in your cheeks like this, <laughs> you could actually lose weight. See, they so fat they can't even go in like a fish. No, they. <laughs> we're both fucked. McDuffin's going to fuck like, us over. No, I, I can do it. You look like a catfish. <laughs> so we was in I, me and Dion and, and Vince was in um, Phoenix this week oh my god oh, I've never felt heat like that I'm so glad they did not have slaves in Phoenix oh my god the black population would be no more it was so fucking hot. And then when we left the club, the wind was blowing for no reason. Nigga, my eyelashes just fold up and laid out. It was the worst heat I ever felt in my life. You turn the corner, leaving, and it's just wind from nowhere. Hot as hell. Just blowing in your face. All weekend, I went up on stage and said, my panty liner had turned into a huggy. <laughs> That's how much sweat there was between my legs. I mean, I was changing panty liners in that motherfucker like I had a colossal bag. I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's a colossal bag. (laughs) What is a colossal bag? (laughs) That piece of shit bag you keep in your pocketbook. So the professor of Colossus? What is <laughs> that bag people be shitting in? They keep it in their purse. A colostomy. Yeah. Well, whatever. They don't keep it in their purse. <laughs> <laughs> their colostomy bag, man. It was so motherfucking hot. I mean, it was miserable. It just felt like motherfucker was holding on to me. I just felt I felt the dead spirits trying to get the Florida out of out of Phoenix. <laughs> 
What? I've never in my life you wake up and you go at two o'clock in the morning. It's a hundred and eight degrees, and they just walk. Who don't they walk around like it's okay? That shit should be against the fucking law. Yeah, yeah it, it's a hundred and one there right now. Oh, and you feel it. I'm like, it's like the sun. I think the sun is about six feet over their heads in Phoenix. But it's got 28% humidity. So, like, what, no, how does it it's feel? still hot, bro. It's no, still I'm hot. Telling you, listen to me. You ever seen you ever seen the sun come down to the earth? I mean, real close, like six feet, like maybe eight, ten uh, feet. Over I weirdly know exactly what you mean. Yes. That's the type of heat they had. I mean, it was so uncomfortable. I ran out of underwear. <laughs> I literally been washing my underwear on my hand because I can't keep them dry. <laughs> How do they smell? We ain't gonna talk about that, but um, <laughs> they smell like how, dust, Mike. How low her voice? Uh, God, talk about <laughs> they literally smelled like dust, Mike. I couldn't get this smell off me. I mean, that was taking two, three. But it was so fucking. It was at the point where I was gonna skip shaving. I just went on here and shaved hair off my arm, my kneecaps, my toes. Nigga, I left so much gorilla hair back at that hotel. What was your thinking process? That somehow you're going to get cooler if you were... Can you not say gorilla hair, please? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with gorilla hair? I I thought it was funny. (laughs) Just give the racist fuel. See, she called herself a gorilla. (laughs) I didn't say I was no gorilla. I said gorilla hair. (laughs) They're the only ones that have gorilla hair. Mm-hmm. Gorillas are the only animal with gorilla hair. Oh, but it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hot, Chris. I was so goddamn miserable. I'm like, this cannot be real. And when we were doing the t-shirts, when we were selling the merch, like the space they had for us didn't have any air conditioning or fan uh-huh. either. So you would get all these people coming out after the show and it was just so hot man. oh god it was unbearably hot and she was taking pictures of all them people Ooh. see i didn't have to get close i don't know if you smelled I, I, love my not, fans. I mean they came out to see me so i could no matter how hot i was i just said get your camera ready i'm gonna suffer through this shit eating and then, i mean the last two shows was over 350 400 and, and probably 150 of them stayed for pictures i mean i'm thankful but I was like, nigga, I know I they, they ain't got no monkey pops down there. That son that killed, they got that monkey pop. <laughs> ain't no such thing in no motherfucking monkey popping fingers. If it is, that son gonna bust all them little blisters on your motherfucking uh, ass. <laughs> I keep seeing video of the monkey pox. It's so gross looking. It looks like it hurts so bad. It's not fatal though, is it? it no, it's not. It's not killing. It like it's like that thing I had in the back of my head this year. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's really painful. You probably had monkey pops. I might have been patient zero. That wouldn't surprise me if you were the reason. It would not surprise me at all. Oh, my God. It was this man that tried to help me in the audience. Oh, tell him, Dion. She was killing this man. He was, he was he was shouting out the whole show. I just uh, ignored him. I only, only had 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, whatever. But he wanted to be, it was like he was the only person in the room. You know, those people who, you know, think they can talk to you like it's a conversation. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. And I, and I said, okay. I said, okay. Uh, what did I call him? Um, you called him a bunch of shit. <laughs> I think his name was Jermaine or George, like something he, like that. He looked like he chewed firecrackers for a living. <laughs> he, he was fucked up. And then I called him Jerome. And then I called That's him Show was, Enough. <laughs> and then I told him, girl, I said, I said, I said, you know what? I feel sorry for you because I've had to sell pussies to them type of men too. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to keep your word to go out on a public date with this nigga. So I understand your pain. Oh, he was so ugly. He just kept yelling out. And his friend was standing up clapping for me. I'm like, set your ass down, too. But I had to drag this. And I said, y'all do not holler out at me at shows. I I grew up the musty kid in school. So I've learned how to jump to get a nigga off. Still are in Arizona. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds like you're still the musty kid in Arizona. <laughs> exactly. And I had to give it to him like hard dick, too. Oh. I had to give it to him. I was not playing with that ugly motherfucker hollering out at me. I'm like, do I come to your job and fuck with you? But it was a fun show. It was it was Phoenix. That was my first time at that club, and I cannot wait to return. That'd be a great web series, like Undercover Boss, but just you showing up to somebody's job to heckle them that has heckled you in the past. <laughs> like we just show up at the I would camera. love to. I, I'm telling you, this man, this man work at Walmart in the automotive. They put when they drain the oil out of the car, they go down their throat. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the lug nuts off of his teeth. Yes, I'm telling you, the type of teeth. He look, his teeth look like a foot scraper at a at a foot shot at a nail shop. <laughs> <laughs> he look like he eat butt, suck toes, and everything. He was getting on my motherfucking nerves. <laughs> but overall, things were great, and I'm. I'm you had I'm the, the show before that. The show before that, you had that Mexican man who said his girl was whitish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sir, how the fuck is your wife your wife whitish? Fuck that's supposed to mean. And they got eight babies. Come to find out she only had two. He had all the rest of the kids. Cause he was Mexican. So he was just slaying burrito dick all through food. <laughs> like, can you put some salsa on that dick and slow down, sir? What was oh so I'm here I'm here I'm here in LA for the premiere of the Miss Pat show. So we got a big premiere this week. Yeah. And we here on I got Sunday? Th- or no? No, we uh, um no, the premiere is Thursday, Wednesday. Thir- okay, Wednesday, the 10th. Yeah. And then the show comes out on the 11th, but I got to give you I'm going to give you I'm going to give it to you crack babies first. BET is releasing the first episode of the Miss Pat show on August 10th. They're not going to announce it. You got to go to your fucking TV and, and keep your TV on BET Plus. I think it's going to come on at 8 o'clock, but I'm going to find out and put it in the pat down. Make sure you're watching out for the Miss Pat show for a sneak preview. They're going to show you some episodes before, and they're not even going to edit it. Oh, really? Yes, they're giving you the real fucking deal on BET. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to see you in front of the FCC. <laughs> Your honor. <laughs> you know Johnny Cochran's dead, right? <laughs> uh, what, what the fuck is FCC going to do to me? Well, I mean, is there a lot of cursing and, and all that in it? It might be, but so they curse. D- is it going to be the first episode of the second season? We don't know. Okay, I think it's even... gonna be the first episode. I think it's okay. gonna be the first episode, which is really good. It's the one when I was on Trevor Noah last week, where they showed a little clip. Yeah, how was how was the Daily Show? Oh my God, let me tell you, I usually don't get fanned out about anybody because this shit is just work. But I gotta say, I was a little fanned out for Trevor Noah. I was like, uh, I'm on the Daily Show. Uh, and you know, none of the, all of this shit is just work to me. So to me, people always say you never get a chance to enjoy what you do, and I don't because I just say, oh, another gig. What I do, what I do, and, and keep it moving. But with Trevor Noah, I took a minute to step back, and say, I'm gonna fuck a Trevor Noah show. Yeah, and mm. you you have a, a a certain smile when you're a little like starstruck or kind of sh- like a shy look to you, and that's how you looked in the pictures, kind of just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here right now, because usually you <laughs> you own every room you're in, but then there's occasionally where you're just like, oh my god, this is Howie Mandel. It was yeah, cute. you'd see it in the pictures, you were a little like, holy shit. I was a little faster. I, I was. He walked in, he came into the green room and I had everybody there. And he was like, you know, Miss Pat, we just gonna have a good time. And I'm like, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all accomplishments. I, I look back over over my career the last 20 years and the last five years has just been out of control going up and and you know. I, I try not to really look back because when I look back, I kind of get an e- emotion. So I just always try to look forward and look at it as being work, you know, because as long as I feel like I don't have it, I always got something to work towards. 
that's the way I live. When you start to get comfortable in what you have, then you, to me, your work, your work ethic slags. So I always, I've trained myself to say, and my husband say, is, is you ever going to get enough? It's not about getting enough. It's always about getting better with me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't have the time to base in the stuff that I do. I don't have the time to brag about the stuff that I do. It's just work. It's a it's a puzzle out there that I have and we all have in our lives. It's up to you to place the, the correct pieces of that puzzle to put your life together. Some of us walk away from the puzzle. Some of us just throw all the pieces on the puzzle. And some of us take the time to put the pieces in the correct spot on the puzzle. And so that's what I look like every accomplishment I do. Oh, bam, that's it. Oh, bam, that's it. Or with Trevor Noah, I held that piece out a little long and said, nigga, I got to put this piece down and I'm happy. And I put it down. Just How much time did you get to spend with him? Um, that was a three minute interview. I talked to him a lot, like, you know, off stage. And then he came back about five, maybe eight minutes to the dressing room. Very nice. Hmm. And it just, it made me realize, you know, oh, you know, me, me staying true to who I really am and believing in myself and this shit is starting to pay off. You know, my show is on BET plus where, where, where industry and people have a tendency of ignoring you. And I look at all the accomplishment of the show and how good the show is that I, me, all of us, my, my, my punch up team, my writers, everybody, we work really hard to make sure we get recognized. And I mean, and I had to take a moment to say first season and you, you, you already nominated for an Emmy. And, and it's not even about the Emmy to me. It's about getting the industry to say, hey, we might be on this little boat, but nigga, we here to compete. We're here. This show is just as good as the ones on ABC, CBS, NBC, and any other. I yeah, it just take time to watch it. But, you know, they, they felt like because a lot of times they feel like because you over here on this streaming platform and it's not talked about a lot, you know, they want they don't, you know, they want to look the other way. So that's my whole Trevor Noah speech. It made me realize hmm, the work is beginning to pay off. And it seems like the, because you work hard, people trust you more and give you more opportunities. You know, they yeah, can rely on they, you. I, I never do this. It's never about the money for me. It's about the art. Even with my comedy, I try. You know, like Jordan loved to see me ab lib, and I'm a. I, I will say this: I'm a beast when I ab lib, but I also like structure structure comedy. Because sometimes another man wants to come to pay to see you just hear you talk to a fucking audience. I'm a storyteller, so I think I should work on my craft to tell really good stories. I go in and out of my set, but but ab living is never going to be something that I'm totally going to always do. You're too quick. Your brain works too quick. Yeah, and it'll burn. I can I can actually burn myself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, what's it, like? <laughs> Go ahead, Dion. Like when you were joning on that guy last uh, last night, like that was probably 10, 15 minutes. It just the crowd was loving it, but I could tell you, like, nigga, I don't want to be doing this. I want to be telling my jokes. Yeah, and it takes you a minute to settle that audience back down because you could have. I was saying some crazy shit, so I had to really settle the audience back down and make them. Now I'm going back to the structure shit, which it all worked. It work. I mean, it all worked. It's just a lot of work on my behalf, as you know, my brain is going, and I'm trying to remember the next piece that you know, tweet, joke in, remember, uh, remember, ta- remember tags. But I'm out here tearing this nigga ass up. Who done took me all out the set? So a lot of time I come back and say, what was I saying before I had to kill this nigga here? <laughs> I've heard I, you say that. <laughs> why, why do you prefer, I, I mean, some people do a lot of crowd work. Why do you prefer the structured stuff? Is it because you've worked on it and it's a craft? I prefer the structured stuff because I'm a storyteller. And I think my, my stories that I tell about my life or whatever is way more interesting. Hold on one second. Hello. Hey, how are you, man? Damn. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's take. I gotta tell my husband that was a concrete guy. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What was your question? That's now, well, I, I guess, when did you become a storyteller? When did you realize you were a storyteller? And why do you prefer that over, like, because you're really, really, really funny off the cuff. We see it with Nikea. Um, I, because, I mean, like I said earlier, I got so many stories to tell. And, and when you're telling stories, it's, it's such a craft of telling stories. You want, you know, the biggest accomplishment I can ever get when people can visualize what I'm saying. And that shit take work because you've seen people with a good premise, but don't know how to put that shit into a good story so people can visualize it. So you be saying this and they go over here. You got people confused. Comedy is like watching TV. If you say it, if you're doing it the right way, that people can be so intrigued. They can they go into your world. They can see everything you're talking about. And I rather people remember me by that than me coming out the cuff, joining the nigga with a motherfucking dress with the top of his hair missing with an ugly ass shirt, and he looked like he bite firecrackers for a living. Did you like grow up around a bunch of people who told a bunch of stories, and that's sort of where you learned it, or did you like learn it over the last few years as you done comedy? I grew up around a b- people who told a bunch of lies, and you know those are the best storytellers. Full of shit, people. Right? Yeah. I was married once. But, but um, <laughs> I I got a lot of it from studying Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor and, and you know, uh, Chris Rock and stuff like that in the beginning. Nobody taught me how to tell a story like Richard Pryor did. And Bill, Bill tells the best fucking stories. I know everybody, he got his faults and shit like that. But I went to go see Bill Cosby live one day and I remember him telling a story about chicken and dressing. And and it was so fucking good. When when I left, I told Cortland, I was like, Bill Collins charged all that goddamn money for 45 minutes. He was like, bitch, we've been here two hours. I said, we have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw That's him live, too. No, you did. He was so good when I saw him live. And he was in his later years, too. And they always say that, like, imitate the people that you want to be, and then eventually you find your own voice. Yeah. Oh, right, well, we should probably start it. wrapping up since you're sleepy. I just got to L.A. this morning, so we had a long night last night in Phoenix. We didn't leave out of there for 2 o'clock. We just running our fucking mouth, and then my flight was at 5 o'clock. So, you know, a bitch ain't ready to went to sleep. Shit. But, you know, that that's the hustle of life. I'm not going to complain. It's life. It's work. You know, it's, I do this because, for one, I love, to, love doing what I do. Two, I just love seeing, I'm I'm a kid that grew up with no love. So to be able to see so many people that gives a fuck about Miss Pat, that means a lot to me. And when I I, I write a joke and when I do, when I go out and I perform an hour for so long, I work my ass off to get that next hour, not for me, but for the people, because I don't want the people to pay for me to be repeating the same old bullshit because I care. I remember when I when I shot that Netflix special and I was going on the road and they people was like, in my camera, oh, you can just tour with that. People do it. I said, no, I would not. I would not do this to these people. They can click on Netflix and see this shit any motherfucking time. What I would do is I would find something else. It just so happened. I remember my daddy dying and that gave me all the material, the first 20 minutes of my set. So that's what comedy is to me, because I love comedy and I love the people who take out the time to see me. Are you kind of and excited that you're you're done shooting and you can get back on the road a little bit more? Oh my God, I'm so fucking happy to be back on the road. <laughs> Jordan is about to steal this new hour she's <laughs> <laughs> Why? For the for uh season five? We ain't gonna say what it's for. Yeah, he <laughs> 
he's going to, he came to me the other day. He's like, um, I'm going to need that new material you got. Said, no, fuck you. I ain't Nigga, I just wrote this shit. He's like, I've already mapped it out. It's gonna be here. It's gonna be here. I was like, Oh my god, let me get the right. I, that's the crazy part about having a TV show, and it being my it being so real to who the star is, is that he can hear me, and then he'll write. He can write damn near a whole season. So he come to me the other day and he said, You know, uh, that new material you got, I'm gonna need it because it's the next season. What the fuck are you? Why don't you tell about? him to listen to the podcast? I can't believe he's never listened to the podcast. You've got he, he can steal these stories. Tell him to leave your comedy act alone. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say you're going to do some nigga because you getting on my motherfucking nerve. I said <laughs> I can tour, I can tour for a while if you leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Episodes five through ninety nine of this show will do him fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like I said, I said you can't have it. I said uh, so. I'm fighting him for it now. That's why my ending changed for my special because we ended up putting it in the show. Remember that, Dion? Mm-hmm. By the way, the yeah. picture of you and Jordan is so cute. This picture, <laughs> it looks like he's about to get that tank of gas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he just popped up. That's my partner in crime. I can I cannot lie. It, that is my fucking partner in crime. You know, I hope we one day work together again after the Miss Pat show. But you know, it's nothing like being able to work with somebody, and you 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 end up adding that person to to be a part of your family. And I really love this kid. I mean, we never hang up without saying I love you. You know, it, and that's what I I didn't I didn't have a family, but I do collect people. Like I consider you guys my family. Sometimes I be like, I love you, Chris. I love you, dear. That's what I do because yeah. y'all are part of my family. You know, the family that I created for myself, not the motherfuckers I was born into. And, you know, there's not a day that goes by. I talk to Nick Jordan almost every fucking day. Just about like I used to talk. I talk to you guys at least a few times a week. Yeah. I miss you. I'm glad that you're done with the TV show because I miss talking to you. Like so, <laughs> I, I missed seeing you and and spending time with you guys. And like I like I said, I can't wait to podcast with you guys. We'll definitely have to podcast when you come to Indy. And we should get yeah, Jordan yeah. back on the podcast too, because Jordan's a storyteller too. When he was on for the bonus episodes, he just he tells a great story, and he just has that that brain that just it just naturally flows out of him. Yeah, so it's it's you know he he's 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 great. When he posts that picture, I was like, why would he post this fucking picture of us? But he you know his mind is always running and. You know, we 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 was we we good together. You know, I don't know how many more seasons we got on the Miss Pat show, but one one thing I can say is you never can say you you never can believe when a motherfucker uh, when somebody else is trying to shit something your dream down. Just believe that it's gonna happen because we had so many no's. Oh, so many people thought it wasn't gonna work, dude. We just taped our third season and we talk about other shit with it, so. You know, and I, I remember talking to I remember me and Jordan made this bet. We said, oh, we, we just want to get on TV and we're going to do five seasons and we're going to quit. And I asked another day, I said, I think we don't got ourselves into some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I think we don't got caught up over here, Jordan. This ain't what we said we were going to do. <laughs> Well, of all the people that you, you you've had before him, I mean, to see the struggle of you trying to find somebody who understood you and wanted it to do it the way you wanted it, and then you bumping heads with those people, and then you met Jordan, and it was just like an instant. Oh yeah, you knew instantly. It, 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 you knew from the yeah, beginning. This is like oh yeah, this, me and this kid can can work together, and like he really understood how to portray your story in a way that you might not know how to to write it or or present it for TV but he was the the visionary but he was also able to understand you like you guys clicked on a whole nother level which like, was so yeah. I was so happy that you found somebody who got it the way you got it like he could see it the way you see it and he understood it Jordan also has something to say but he doesn't have he doesn't try to trump you and like and override you it doesn't like he honors you and your vision and you share kind of that same 
like spirit of Norman Lear and I love Lucy and all like, I don't know. It's, it's been great to watch because he doesn't try to, he definitely wants to achieve something with the show, but he's not, not at the expense of you and your story. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's what I love about him. You know, he, he, he takes, he takes a part of my life and it'll be the A or the B story and he crafts it, you know, even with the pain in it. And he'd be like, this is what we're going to do with it. And I'm like, I've got to the point like whatever you want to do. I don't give a fuck. Whatever you want to do, just get me the strip so I can learn the fucking lines and I don't fuck Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> be like, Bitch, you it's Tuesday. You ain't learned these lines. I'm like, why are you off book? Why are you Tammy with acting is like a Mexican. Baby, she get it done. I, I be like, Tammy, it's Wednesday. Why the fuck are you off book? We got two more practice days. <laughs> <laughs> She's everywhere. I'm starting to see her everywhere her new show is fucking hilarious oh my god it's caught in the act on vh1 on monday's night oh if y'all haven't seen it please go watch tammy roman new show hilarious i was just watching it on youtube today man nigga i was in the airport <laughs> screaming i was like this shit is fucking crazy it is i just it saw is a crazy. clip of i just saw a clip of her uh at a dinner table with three other women, and one of them wanted to fight, and then Tammy just started bust out laughing. I don't know what show it was. It was just a clip I saw on Twitter, but the way Tammy was laughing was like you had told a joke on set, the way she was laughing in this girl's face about wanting to fight her, and the girl goes, I don't know why she's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she is just so fucking, she's so good. She's so fucking good. Her new show had me. And I I was, because as as we were coming out, I was so busy trying to do this overall and doing all this other stuff. So my husband been recording it, but today I was able to catch it on on YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, this fucking show is hilarious. It is hilarious. It It shows her as such a, you know, her own element. That's her element, that type of shit. You know, and then you she come back and she do Miss Pat show and she come back and then she play these other characters. I want to see Tammy play a low down dirty mama. That's what I want to see. <laughs> she's she's so good. Of all the, the cast members that you have, I feel like she fits the character better than everybody. She's just she, she yeah. just really nails Denise's character. And the like, the uh, she social. Should've, she the- should have been nominated for it for best supporting actress in a TV show. The, the, uh, the social media clips, the social media for the Miss Pat show has been awesome. By the way, it's really funny stuff, really well done. Like all the promos for the Miss Pat show on August 11th, and they had one where they were asking how would Miss Pat react to X, and her <laughs> answers were so fun. You'll have to go to Miss Pat's Instagram and find it, but she was like just. She she shines in everything she does. She does. She really do. She really fucking do. And and, and I, I love working with everybody. I mean, it's, it's nothing like being able to work with a cast of people and, and you feel like there's no competition and it's all out of love. And you know, if y'all don't do shit, you know, if we if 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 or when we can come back for the fourth season, y'all gotta get to Atlanta to watch this shit tape live before it wraps its very last episode one day. I mean, it is the most fun you will ever fucking have with me, Sophia. Oh my god. <laughs> you you opened the show it's sounding like Miss Sophia. Uh, she's dude, it is. It is the best time. It is so fun and like it, the energy is great. It was such a great experience. And I think it's, it's free, free, right? Is are the tickets free? They're free. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth it if you can make it out there. If you you want to have a time of your life, come see the Miss Pat show. If, if or when we come back for a fourth season, it is so fucking fun. You 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 feel like I mean, it, it's a place to be on a whatever night we take because we take different nights. <laughs> <laughs> we take different fucking nights. But other than that, you know, life is good. You know, I'm, I'm here in, in in L.A. for the premiere. And they're giving me a real fucking premiere. We got Associated Press coming out, Variety, Deadline. It's going to be kind of cool. You know, we're we working each and every day with this show to get more and more recognition over to the platform that we own. To say, hey, we're here. We're here to create good shit. And that's what we are here doing. It's one of those things where... 
you know, when you got to Indy, you had a lot of negativity um, surrounding you as far as the comics and the scene. And for you to go from there to an Emmy nominated TV show, <laughs> like, I just, I love that for you, uh, how you never let the negative things that people say or do to you, like block your shine. Like I I'm so jealous of your ability to do that, to not let things beat you down like that. Like, because, you know, I, I, I was there with you and defending you. And I was like, y'all crazy. Miss Pat is awesome. Y'all, y'all might not understand how she does things, but like, there's no like malice behind it. And coming from, Morty's and and how Eric treated you to now being premiering season two, having season three already wrapped in, you know, you got other projects that you're working on. You got your own Netflix special. You're on The Daily Show. It's just like, for me, seeing you rise above those those hurdles in your life is just amazing. I'm like super proud of you for it. And I don't know why no comic liked me. Well, I do know why, because one of them, none of them was funny with Dion. <laughs> Today. They and didn't know how to handle she was the only black female comic in the scene. They did easily. not know how to handle her. And and I'll and, and I'll be honest, like, you know, when I got started with this, a lot of those people were like, Watch your back. It just and Miss Pat has never been anything but like great like familial like showing up like screaming in the early on i was like why are you screaming at me but but she was treating me like a nephew and it was you know and <laughs> the, like you i just feel so honored to be a part of the family and like and all that and you'd never been anything but great and like the first time you and i actually talked was i taped your acting coach and i met you at bob and tom and taped a scene and you were so freaked out about your acting ability, and because you, you you were like, "This is just isn't gonna happen. I'm never going anywhere." I'm like, "You just were a little down on yourself that that night." I'm like, "You have a great story, tons of talent, and so yeah." I mean, just to be able to watch you the last three and a half years has been absolutely amazing. Almost four at this point. So and it, it, it is so much more stuff coming down the pipeline because you you've grown in your ability like as you've gotten more in your own abilities I think acting and maybe you can say yes or no to this nailing acting and feeling confident in acting has given you confidence in a bunch of other areas too yes you know one of the things that I struggle with that I never talked about in the beginning was um I sco- I, did, I, I struggled with the fear of being famous. I wanted, I wanted the recognition, but I did not want to be famous. And I, and when you don't, when it's, it's, it's almost, it's like an anxiety when you, when you know you're about to get something, but you really don't want it. Have you guys ever been there before? Yeah. Or you know something is about to happen, but you wish you could stop it. And I tell you, and I don't tell many people this. I tell you when my book was up for the NAACP Image Award, so I, I'm online one day looking. And it says, uh, to win the NAACP image award, you got to get people to vote for you. And at the time, my crack baby was over 10,000 people. I never posted it. And really? I remember going to that award, and I knew I wasn't going to win because I didn't tell anybody we could post it. I I saw the people who I was up against, they was posting it. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't want, I don't think, I would probably say I didn't want the award. I was good with the nomination. And I remember sitting there with Quisha. She's like, why the fuck you didn't, how you didn't win? And I was like, I don't know, but I didn't tell anybody. So it's, it's, it was a fear there for me of, of, of having all eyes on me in situations. And I just wanted to do my comedy. I mean, I didn't expect to do all of this shit to happen. So I just told myself one day, I said, it's going to happen as long as you keep doing it. So you got to figure out how to break this fear. So I prayed about it. And then I told my husband and he was like, you're not the only person that's been scared to be famous before. You're not the only person that's been scared to, you know, achieve big things in their life. A lot of people like to go up under the radar and I'm one of them. And I just prayed about it. I had that talk with my husband and I fought to, I fought that wall down in my life that said, it's okay if people notice me. Because, you know, when you, I think when you've been through shit in your life and you start to get people noticing you, it's almost like going back to school 
You don't want to mm-hmm. be talked about. Yeah. I don't want to be talked about. So releasing big things allow people to give me their opinion. Like releasing that Netflix special would allow people to say I'm not funny. And when people are like, why are you not excited? Because you got a Netflix special. But in my head, that de- that that fucking demon that, that people beat me down with was saying they're gonna talk about you, they're gonna judge you. And that's the fear I had to I, every time I do something big, I have to continue to 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 get over that fear. And one of the things that was was building that fear in me is reading people reviews. Hmm. I I had to learn not to read that bullshit. <laughs> All the Coco fans. I had to learn not to read that bullshit because that shit was keeping me from achieving becoming a person that I know I could become. Okay, that makes sense because early on in this podcast you call me and you'd be you'd be a little upset about like a podcast review and I'd be like who gives a fuck? <laughs> like who cares what that who cares what some basement dweller that makes memes of people thinks? Well, it's like when you for me, I think for me, I've worked my whole I, I used to want people to like me. You know, I ain't always been I've always had that that outer exterior where I don't give a fuck, but that person deep down in me do give a fuck. A dig. Now the new me, I don't give a fuck what you write because I ain't gonna read it in the motherfucker. Wait, <laughs> fuck your review. You, you know, I'm at that point in my life now, but I wasn't ten years ago or five years ago when this shit started to take off. I cared about what average Joe wrote about me. Like I just was on there looking at a review. Somebody was like she's obese. I said, nigga, I got money. I should be obese. I'm eating good. <laughs> and I almost You're, wrote that. You, don't, <laughs> you, did, you just coined the word obese about yourself. You shouldn't <laughs> have done that. It's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But stuff like that, you know, re- reviews anyway hurt people feeling. But I just had to come to the thing that's, you know, I had just to come to realize that I am a talented person. And these are the things that God is blessing me with. So why am I fighting him? And it wasn't easy. We all got demons. We all got issues. I mean, I'm human. And and that's why I like talking to the average person, because it let me know what I'm going through. Or what I speak out of my mouth, I'm going through. It's people out there going through it, too. And we can all heal heal together. Yeah. you. I remember probably 10, 12 years ago, you would call me every now and then. I don't think this is any good. I'm like, Pat, what the fuck are you talking about? Where is this coming from? It would just be, it it sounded crazy to me that you didn't have, you didn't see yourself the way everybody else saw you. And, uh, you know, I think most of that is childhood trauma. But from the point that you are now, I think you see at least a little bit uh, how much everybody like enjoys what you do at the level that you do that. like you know um with the, especially with the show like you know when you broke the app like that that should have told you like no people really do rock with you i mean you got of of all the the famous people that i can think of you and beyonce have like the craziest fucking fans i can't think, like you guys are <laughs> one and two like they will do whatever they you know, whatever you say, hey, I need y'all to help me with this. They go hard for you. Like that is, you know. And I think that's kind of why those. I think that's kind of why those comedians didn't like you, is because a lot of those guys are fucking broke dick going nowhere, and some people just don't like people that are successful or that they know can be successful, and they want to tear you down to keep you at their level. And like. If you if you try to push, it was definitely you, some jealousy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even at that early embryonic stage, it's it was clear. Holy shit, she's really good, and that people just don't like when you're good or competent or smart or better looking or you know have a big penis. My like favorite, my favorite, my favorite. What would you know about that? I've um, seen the sweatpants. <laughs> my favorite thing about first meeting you was just how funny you were the very first time I saw you. Like I'll never forget the first time I saw you, you had on this brown, like a long sleeve zip up shirt with some blue jeans. And you there's like 14 people at the open mic and you just came in and you ripped that motherfucker. And I was like, who is this lady? She is so fucking funny. And I was like, every time I saw you after that, I was like, I hope I get to watch that again. Like, I just really enjoyed it. 
And as a comic, and Pat, you know this, there is competition. Like you want to be able to compete with your quote unquote peers to do certain things. But like for me, I've always watched you and just been like, man, I'm so glad I get to see this up close in person. Like I've always been happy for you. I've always been proud for you to get all the things that you work so hard for. Cause I saw you get hated on and like, <laughs> it didn't, it didn't stop you at all. Like that, that, that to me is just like the best feeling. I think the, the other piece of it too, is like, you saw her do stand up. I just saw her being nice. Like she'd come into Bob and Tom and talk to me in the green room. Most comedians don't talk to the producers. You know, they'll say, Hey man, what's up? Miss Pat like took an interest in every single person that worked there. How are you? What are you up to? And it stood out to like all of us against other comics because she was just Which a is, nice person. It's crazy because her first time didn't really like it was shaky in the beginning. And it, it wasn't until she started being herself that she, yep. you know, that that they fell in love with her like everybody else does. It's like, you know, you were shy because, you know, he, he, Bob and Tom was a big deal. And, you know, you were nervous and Eric had put all that shit in your head. And then there's just. It's like once you like broke down your own, it's like I'm gonna just be me and let people love you for who you are. It's like you you blow up every single time when you're authentic to yourself and people get to see you. Yeah, I mean, he you know, he 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 was in my head when the first time I went to Bob and Tom, and I remember texting Dion saying, I was like, How I'm doing? He was like, You're dying. Tell him you got shot. And I was like, Tell him I got shot. (laughs) And I just told him and I became interested. And then after that, I never stopped getting invited. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thankful. And I, you know, they love you too. Every time I go in, Tom, Christy, the chick, they all ask about you. They're all super happy for your success. Like, you know, cause they got to know you, you know, the, the, just the character. Let's take a break. It's Mark Maron. Let's take a break. One second. You just got canceled for Mark Maron. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was Mark Maron. I just invited him to my premiere he's coming oh fun nice yeah other than bob and tom mark Marin has more to do you know like when you went on mark Marin, that's a lot really when hollywood took notice right when i went on mark Marin, that is when hollywood took notice john rattler john rattler heard me on mark Marin, and when we was over in canada i bumped into mark and i was like hey you know all the people is here and you know you wanted the biggest reason why this show you know invite me on your podcast is what got Hollywood here and you know I was like can you get a chance can you come stop by the you know the panel and I look up in the audience and there is fucking Mark Mayer and I was like you gotta come to the stage this this guy was listening to your podcast and and brought me in to give me a tv show and that was the first time Mark had ever heard that story hmm wasn't there something to do with Queen Latifah or somebody attached to her heard that podcast too that aren't well, we had uh, was a new regency, uh, quite a few people, and then they was trying to attach Queen Latifah in the very beginning, and it didn't work out. And so, to uh, to what you your know, show had, to play Miss Pat? No, no, no. They tried to attach her as a producer, like oh. Lee or Lee Daniel. Gotcha. And so, I mean, quite a few people. You know, a studio will go out and get somebody else so they can hire the right black writer or whatever. And imagine went out and got Lee Daniels because they already had him, and said, "What do you think about her?" And Lee Daniel was like, I'll do it. Hmm. And so, um, you know, we all became family, imagining Lee Daniel. So that's how we ended up at Hulu and BET. But it all started with Mark Marin. Mark yeah. Marin invited me to that garage, me telling that story. Mark Marin helped me get a book deal. And, you know, then came along with the big with the big push after that was Joe Rogan. So I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful for, you know, the last few years of my life and, you know, just you know, what, what, how I've grown as a comic, how I've grown as a producer, how I've grown as an actor, uh, actress, because I'm, I'm a girl, so I'm an actress, right? It's, it's they, them, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it's 2022. Yeah, you can be whatever you want. You can say whatever oh. you want, you'll piss somebody off. Your voice um, is an actor, so. Yeah, your voice is an actor, your vagina is an actress. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody this morning. They said, um, oh, I called a daughter, uh, Bri- Janelle, on my show. She's Janelle, but her name is Brianna. And I'm talking to her about something yesterday morning. She was like, well, won't you clear your throat? 
Uh, <laughs> your voice is so raspy. No, she said, your voice is so raspy. Are you, are you sick? Clear your throat. I said, Janelle, this is my fucking voice in the morning. <laughs> she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I said, I sound like the dad in the relationship. I know you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're going to get the fuck out of here. I truly appreciate y'all. Please don't forget August 11th, which is this Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Thursday. This Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday. Don't. Please wear that fucking app out. I mean, even if you watch it, just let it run, let it run, let it run. Please. And, and be tuned in on Wednesday when they drop the. Yes. And I'm going to try to drop something in the Crack Baby group to let y'all know um, um, uh, exactly when, um, uh, what time is going to come on because it's a surprise to everybody. But I'm telling y'all first because that's what I do. Um, but please, please, please fuck that app up on Thursday. I mean, put it on your computer, put it on your TV, put it on your Apple watch, put it on your iPhone. Let's rock it. Let's rock the bell, y'all. Cause this second season, oh my God, it's so fucking funny. Dude, the first episode is a trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you might get to see it Wednesday if I can get the correct time out of the ass. Now, with that, that's the end of this podcast. And I appreciate y'all. Go to misspatcomedy.com. Austin, the still got tickets available. DC, I'm sold out. Thank you, Phoenix. And please pay attention because I just added Indiana, September the 24th with D.L. Hughley, Little Duval, and Ricky Smiley and myself at the Marat Theater. Go and get your fucking tickets so you can come last. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Pat Down. Make sure you check out my website at misspatcomedy.com for all of my social media, my tour dates, my book. Make sure you spread the word about my podcast. Please rate and review. Please rate and review and share. Thank y'all so much, y'all. I've been Miss Pat.